You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Running Thursday, July 6th through Sunday, July 9th at picturesque Birds Hill Park. Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Alex, host of Pastoral Midi, and this episode spotlights Adia Victoria. Adia Victoria will be performing at the main stage on Friday, July 7th at 6pm. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times, to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. Listening to Festival Express on 101.5 UMFM, and I'm joined here by the great Adia Victoria. How's it going, Adia? Howdy, it's going well. How are you? Very good. Happy to have you. Um, so yeah, playing the Winnipeg Folk Festival this year. Uh, still touring behind the album A Southern Gothic, right? Still going strong behind that record. It won't die. It's a great album, you know. There's lots, Thank lots you. of mileage to go on. 
Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a bit about the uh, the title, the Southern Gothic, kind of invokes this literary tradition, you know, with William Faulkner and uh, Carson McCullers, Toni Morrison. So, what was kind of the uh, the thought behind invoking that that literary idea? You know, like why why kind of relate these songs to that? Well, I grew up in the Deep South, um, South Carolina to be exact. And I grew up loving books and that kind of carried through uh, for me. Um, to my 20s, when I started reading Faulkner, Eudora Welty and uh, Toni Morrison and my favorite Flannery O'Connor. And I love the way that they, you know, use that Gothic trip of the South to kind of color it in these deeper, darker, more stark hues. A lot of what you hear about the South is a lot of like boots and beer and pickup trucks and girls and stuff. And I I knew that that wasn't the South that I grew up with. And I wanted to take that trope of the Gothic, of of looking at what lies beneath the surface, the pretty surface of things, and use my experiences, you know, as a Black girl growing up uh, in the Deep South and how that shaped me and, and kids like me, not just Black girls, but kids that necessarily couldn't fit into that mold of being, you know, bright and polite and sunshiny and good and sweet tea and, you know, praise Jesus. What happens to the the people that are that can't seem to fit inside that mold? How do they how do they get along in, in the kind of society that I grew up in? And and those are the tropes a lot that are in the works of a William Faulkner or a Francis or a Flannery O'Connor. You know, a lot of the things that we repress and suppress in order to be good godly clean upright people and the southern gothic is just a story of a young girl trying and failing to get right with god and get right with the people around her cool um i feel like the word gothic has a kind of narrow definition when it comes to music a lot but you invoke it in a in a in a different sense and you're you're kind of gothic blues what what do you kind of think the word gothic means to you I think for me gothic just means almost like a, a, a it's a haunting it's a second sight it's a second feeling it's a lot of what i've tried to push down and shove down within me that is true to me that i i've denied and it's almost like you know i don't know if you read uh, edgar Allan poe like the raven that just keeps coming back coming back it's like the gothic for me is a as a an, a return of the uncanny it's a it's a ghostly presence that is as real or if not more real than what we pretend to be uh what we pretend is reality as a as a culture as a society it's a lot of the thoughts that we try not to think that are constantly at the back of our mind you know it's it's the shadow and growing up in the south there is a long shadow of history there's a long shadow of denials you know, and, and anywhere too, anywhere where there a uh, society has set up a, a main narrative, a main framework of how to view the world and see yourself, there's always going to be that shadow that's creeping behind you. And for me, the blues is was the perfect uh, tool to sonically ex- explore those shadows. You know, I, I leaned into a lot of the work of uh, like a, a blind Willie, blind Willie Mattel, uh, Skip James, that's my guy, Robert Johnson. Uh, Victorious Spivey, a lot of these people are the shadow of of the dominant polite white society of the South. Yeah, totally. Um, there's a real kind of like 
heat and uh, and swampiness to the sound of this album too is that also kind of the influence of the south and the, and the blues coming through yeah absolutely i mean i wanted the album to sound how the south feels for me and i was fortunate enough to work with um t-bone burnett um we brought him on board as the executive producer of this record and i was inspired heavily by his um work that he did on the O brother rock soundtrack which is actually how i learned about skip james and so much of what i loved about that soundtrack was how he made the south the sound the feeling the humidity the mugginess of the south uh almost it was like a a studio player you know it was it was ever present it was there and i was like how do we make a song how do we mix a song so that you're able to feel that heat feel the the spanish moss hanging off of an, an oak tree how am i able to bring what the south feels like to me uh into a record so that the listener can travel along with me on these roads that I grew up in. And, you know, he's second to none uh, in the business for creating that kind of Southern uh, mood, <laughs> that yeah. vibe, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally a legend. I mean, um, you've worked with a lot of great producers. I mean, on the last album, Silences, you worked with Aaron Desner, which, uh, I mean, yeah, legend himself. But it's a, a very different style on silences. It's a lot, a lot more abstract, a little bit more electronic. What kind of drew you back to more acoustic instruments and like and a, a bit of a raw sound and working with T Bone? Was it something that the songs kind of just called out for, or was it more of a an aesthetic choice? I think it was both. I think when I was working with Aaron, we were recording that record up at his. Um, studio at long pond in upstate new york in the middle of winter so it was just like a blizzard and snow and there's an iciness to that record um which i love which was the perfect way to render you know that piece of art but southern gothic was primarily written and recorded during the pandemic so my creative partner my husband mason hickman and my lead guitarist we didn't have access to our full band because of quarantine so we kind of just had to strip everything down and I knew that I wanted these songs to be songs that could be performed uh, by me solo with just a guitar. And a lot of these songs began listening to a lot of the, the Alan Lomax recordings, the field recordings, which are totally acapella, save for the sound of the the men on the chain gang, you know, striking the dirt, striking the ground, their pickaxes and their bodies. And there's just this very embodied rhythm there that any good blues starts with. Any good blues, I think you got to be able to play it on your body before you pick up any instrument. Your body is the first instrument. So I wanted to stay true to that. I wanted to keep this record as grounded and rooted uh, in the Southern dirt as I could. And bringing on someone like T-Bone, because he's so he's so tied into that low end, to that bass and to the percussion, which, you know, for me, for my black ass, like that's like, that's that's the right in my blood is that rhythm, that low end section. And so I think that whereas Silences with Aaron Desner is ice cold, you know, very mathy. Um, a Southern Gothic is just like, it's just a, a weeping willow in the heat. <laughs> it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Swampy. Totally. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're here pr- promoting a live performance. How's that, that raw kind of swampy sound translating live? I mean... Sounds maybe a little oh, bit easier than translating cold, mathy stuff live. There's I a lot of love, there's a lot of raw power on the album, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love playing this record live with our full band. Uh, we've got Jason Harris on the bass. We've got Daniel Closser on on uh, drums and then Mason Hickman on guitar and then me uh, on acoustic. And just playing this record live, like uh, as more of a traditional blues record and not tradition in this like a one, four, five of just like getting that groove in and just letting people feel that in their body. Like watching people dance to this record has been one of the the pleasures of my life. Like when I see people moving almost like you would see a baby move to music. That's how I know as an artist, like I'm doing what I need to do. And that's what the blues does. It's like you play the, you play a proper blues for people and they're going to feel it. It's going to call into something in their soul. And I've just, I don't know, like wherever we play this record, Europe, Canada, across the States, we get that reaction of people. Like it's like calling into something deeper in them. And We've been playing this record now for almost two years live. So we're, we're dialed in, we're tight, we're ready. And I'm just really, really, really excited to come back to Winnipeg and share this with y'all. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it is. It is going to be fun. <laughs> excited for it. Um, yeah, there's some real uh, on the album, some real like fist pumping moments. I can imagine yeah. being massive live. It'll be, it'll be yeah. great. Um, so you have a new song out, fairly new song out with uh, with Margot Price and um, and Mavis Staples which, is, which yeah. is very cool. Um, and there's lots of collaborators on the album as well. Matt Berninger, Jason Isbell. Um, you know, how, how do yeah. these collaborations kind of come about? What's your, what's your approach as a songwriter in, uh, in having other people on the tracks? You know, it's funny because this was the first time that I did any collaborations on a Southern Gothic, which is ironic because everybody was locked down. But I think mm. it was because, you know, all of my friends in the business weren't doing anything besides being at home like there was more availability and people feel like during the pandemic were more ready to just be like yes yes and for me like the blues first and foremost is like community it's about your your people and that sense of kinship and a circle and because I that was denied us you know during the pandemic I wanted this record to pay homage to that facet of the blues of the blues being about your people I was fortunate enough to you know have I've I've worked with Aaron Desner um and so I'd written that song South for the Winter and I was when Mason and I had finished recording it in Nashville I was like I think we accidentally made a national track <laughs> like I don't know how this happened like I think it was just Aaron's influence and so I reached out to Matt and I was like hey I wrote this song and I would love for you to be like the first person to duet with me on a record and he was down and uh Margo and Jason and Kishona Armstrong we were all friends and we we recorded the um the Willie McTell song he was born to die uh, the cover uh, from the 30s and I wanted to sing that song with my friends and I think that it was just such the celebration of life you know like we're all gonna die and especially everyone in the pandemic is thinking that but while we're alive we're gonna celebrate with our friends so I I reached out to them Margot Price and Kishana Armstrong both like eight of hers like left no crumbs and then I reached out to Jason and I was like, hey, man, can you put some of that guitar in here? Sent him the track. He put down uh, the guitar solo. Me and Mason arranged it. And it was just like I wanted the energy that it, as if we were all in a room together because I needed that because I was I was a lonely bitch during the pandemic. You know, I was, I was isolated. And so to be able to call my friends in that way, to have them present on the record um, on a Southern Gothic, it meant the world to me. It was good for my soul. Yeah, totally. That's maybe a good note to end on. I mean, 
Winnipeg Folk Fest. People coming together, enjoy yes. enjoy the music communally after a long yes. few years of being apart. Come and, on, uh, come on. Yeah, Adia Victoria will be there. Better come through. And uh, okay. yeah, thanks for listening to Festival <laughs> Express. We'll see you later. Oh yeah, that's hard. Don't want no woman that run around. Stay out in the street, I like a bad foot clown. You made me love you. Had you made me cry You should remember That you was born to die Some stream of yellow Some in black and brown I got a black woman She used to be in town You made me
listening to a special podcast spotlighting Adia Victoria, who will be performing on Friday, July 7th at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com and be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 6th through 9th at Birds Hill Park. <laughs> 